Hi, this is Tia Sarkar. I play Sabine Wren on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to Twin Suns Transmission. Of course, it ends where it becomes a desert planet with twin suns. Hey, my name is Taylor Gray, and I play Ezra Bridger in Star Wars Rebels. I hope you enjoy this week's episode of Twin Suns Transmission. Here's where the fun begins. Let's make this epic more interesting. You've taken your first step into a larger world. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Twin Suns Transmission. I'm your host Eric Pfeiffer, joined as always by Jesse Sanfilippo. Hey guys! Welcome to episode 176 of Twin Suns Transmission. We have a good one for you today. We're going to be talking all about the Empire versus the First Order. We're going to be comparing the two of them. But as always, Jesse, we have some Star Wars news to discuss, so why don't you kick us off with that? So unfortunately, it's not pleasant news. Um, We got word this week that um, Grant Amahara, I apologize if I pronounced his last name wrong, um, but he passed away at the young age of 49 um, from a sudden brain aneurysm. Um, He was... uh, He worked for ILM, uh, for Lucasfilm, um, for nine years. He did a lot of work on the prequels, um, especially on R2-D2 and some of the other um, special features and electronics that had to go into the prequels along with so many other iconic movies. So it's it's very sad loss um, in Star Wars history today. Yeah, I... I feel like 2020 has constantly hit us all in the face with terrible news and, you know, especially with the loss of somebody who was involved with Star Wars and, and anytime you have loss of life, it's never, it's never good. So it's deeply saddening to hear about this. He's, like you said, not even 50 years old, which is even more sad. So our thoughts and prayers are with his family and friends. Going into some better news, we have the announcement of The Bad Batch. So this is going to be a brand new series on Disney Plus that was just announced recently over the last couple days. Clone Force 99 is coming back. And if you watched the last season of The Clone Wars, you saw Wrecker, Hunter, Tech, and Crosshair in Star Wars The Clone Wars. And this is going to be all about... The Bad Batch, and again, this is uh, ha- this has some involvement from Dave Filoni as well. So I'm expecting some pretty good things. I am so unbelievably excited about this. It, this is this is more Clone Wars. We're literally getting more Clone Wars. We never thought we were going to get to finish the Clone Wars, and now we are getting an extension of the Clone Wars through the Bad Batch. I'm really really excited about this. Um, if you guys are on Instagram and if you're following, um, there's a Instagram page that's specific to the Clone Wars. Um, it is called the Clone Wars Recap, and it does it has this beautiful mural going down its entire page where 
it has, um, I don't really know how to describe it. When, when you're scrolling down the feed, every post they make is a mural of the timeline of the Clone Wars, basically. And it's gorgeous. Um, but they posted, obviously, some bad batch information and a little short description that is uh, posted onto their Instagram page. Star Wars... The Bad Batch is an all-new animated original series will premiere on Disney Plus in 2021. And it says that the series follows the elite and experimental clones of the Bad Batch, first introduced in the Clone Wars, as they find their way in a rapidly changing galaxy in the immediate aftermath of the Clone War. Members of Bad Batch, a unique squad of clones who vary genetically from their brothers in the clone army, each possesses a singular exceptional skill, which makes them extraordinary effective soldiers and a formidable crew. In the post-Clone War era, they will like they will take on daring mercenary missions as they struggle to stay afloat and find a new purpose. So this is, we're not just getting like a side story before, like during the Clone War. We're literally getting to see them after the Clone War, which to me means they did Order sixty six didn't affect them. Yeah, that's crazy though because I definitely thought that it was going to be more on their story during the time of the Clone Wars. Um, but I'm really excited because Echo will probably be part of that now, and. Echo was one of my favorite clones in Clone Wars ever since he got that, like, palm, that palm print on his chest plate. Like, it just distinguished him from the other clones. And I thought that was really cool, and I liked seeing his armor evolve over time, and and, um, it was cool to see him evolve. And so to have him now part of the Bad Batch... Um, and to have this series take place after the Clone Wars, I'm very excited to see... Echo, hopefully Echo, involved in Clone Force 99. It's going to be epic. Before we get into talking about our main topic of discussion today, let's introduce our last new member of the Twin Suns Outpost team, Cam. Cam, thank you so much for joining us here on Twin Suns Transmission it is an absolute pleasure to have you join the Twin Sons Outpost team, and I'm very excited to uh, to be working with you. Oh well, thanks for having me. I'm, it's it's my honor. It's just uh, I'm glad to be a part of it and having a great time already. So that's awesome. Yeah, you already have one piece of content out there, but I'll let you tell everyone. For those of you who haven't run across it, what are you going to be doing for us? Well, I'm going to be writing articles, original articles. Um, and just about Star Wars. Yeah, the first one is out already with the second one coming very soon. And I think so far, the article that you wrote uh, is one of our most popular articles uh, since beginning this uh, with oh, wow. you know blogs and stuff, which I'm very excited about. And it's all about essentially being accepting right, of other people's preferences in the fandom. Oh, definitely. That's and and that's kind of just. I uh, I think that's just good, you know, life advice, and that's how I try to live my life. Is just you know, seeing other people's differences is not a pr- a problem or a negative or you know something to separate, but you know something where we can kind of celebrate instead. So, and I, I think Star Wars does a great job. I think we can find that in Star Wars, 
you know, and so that's, that's what I try to do. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think for me, Star Wars has been such a huge part of my life for such a long time. And, you know, it's, it's always there for me. Like you have a bad day at school, you come home, you have Star Wars, you know, and, um, it's just kind of upsetting when you have people that say, well, you know, you're not a true fan because you weren't around during the original trilogy times. And, you know, obviously that's upsetting, but I think the article that you wrote does a great job of really shining light on, you know, how we should all be accepting of other people's preferences within the fandom for sure. Let's talk a little bit about how you got into Star Wars. So do you have a, do you have like a story? Well, (laughs) not one I can remember, Um, but yeah, so I I was born in 79, so I kind of was born in the middle of it. And so from the time I I can remember, you know, Star Wars was just a part of my life. I was, you know, obviously I was big into the toys and the movies and the toys and my bed sheets, my my room, you know, and, you know, any kind of play with friends was Star Wars related or He-Man, but mostly Star Wars and, um, but yeah, so it was just kind of, it was just part of life growing up. And what's weird is my parents aren't really big Star Wars fans. They, I mean, they were into it and, and showed it to me and I was into it, but it wasn't like they pushed it on me. Um, I do know my mom showed me early on when I was young enough to, you know, have memories of like the behind the scenes videos mm-hmm. and the making of, you know, and that just from early on that just i think it sparked my just creativity and just i've I've always loved like making films and music and anything creative writing and just and i I think a lot of that's because of star wars so yeah and in your most recent article you talked a little bit about how you are a teacher and you have a classroom and you try to get you know sort of the kids involved in star wars a little bit so has that been has that been pretty easy for you yeah, I, I enjoy it because it's kind of it's like adult fans. You've got the people who know a lot about it and love it, and that's always great, you know, because we can just geek out. And you know, there's always a few of those kids who they know more than me. They've got all the you know all the dictionaries, and y'all say something. They're like, "No, well, actually, you know." <laughs> yeah. And then you've got the ones who are kind of like you know they like it, but they don't. You know, it's like, "Oh, cool, some they're great movies," or my parents like them, or you know, or whatever. And then you have the people who are like, I can't stand Star Wars. I'm like, what don't you like about it? Like, well, I've never seen it, but I don't like it, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so I love yeah. all of that, though, because it's like, great. So let's watch it, you know? And then, yeah. you know, tie it into a lesson, you know? And we've, we've done that, too. We've watched it in school, and it, it opens up so many discussions, either for life lessons or for just, like, writing or, like, the hero's journey. You know, we'll talk about that as far as, you know, creative writing and, and whatnot, so... Yeah, well, there's definitely not a lack of Star Wars content that's being produced uh, currently. It seems like every week there's an announcement. You know, we just got the Bad Batch recently, so that'll be exciting to see what that's like. Do you have a favorite movie, favorite Star Wars movie? Yeah, I I, I, I always end up going with Empire Strikes Back. Um, It's kind of between that and Return of the Jedi. I kind of rope them together as one in my in my memory bank, you know. But mm-hmm. but I think if if I have to separate them, I I go with Empire. I mean, we got Yoda, and Yoda was huge. Just one of my Darth Vader's my favorite character, but Yoda was, you know, was up there and always is. And so I think we get that, and we really get the focus of the Force. You really see Luke 
kind of learning to use it and actually using it. Um, and, and then the reveal with Darth Vader. So oh, I just, yeah. I think, and it's, and now, and as I've grown up, I just cinematically, I just think it's beautiful. And so I, I think it's just, I think it's a great film. Oh yeah. There's so many surprises in empire strikes back, right? You know, the, the Yoda, you don't see, you don't think that that's Yoda until he says who he is, you know, this great warrior, this great Jedi master, but he's so small and old and, you know, it was a good reveal there. And then, of course, like you said, with Vader, there's just so many shocking moments in that film um, that I think really make that one great. Cam, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure talking to you briefly here, and I'm looking forward to your next article. Of course. Well, thanks for having me. And yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to releasing it and, you know, kind of starting some conversations maybe with it. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Thanks, Eric. I'm very excited about Cam joining our team. He already has one fantastic article out on our website right now. If you have not seen that, make sure to go check it out. Um, It is all about just being positive in the fandom and enjoying the new content that we're getting and understanding that Star Wars is for everybody. All right, let's go ahead and get into our main topic of discussion, the Empire versus the First Order. Now, obviously, both of these galactic forces are great in their own way, but kind of what I wanted to do today, Jesse, is kind of pick a couple different topics and not necessarily debate, but maybe debate, um, but mostly just discuss amongst ourselves um who we feel has the edge in some of these topics between the empire and the first order now we have what does it look like four topics that i kind of came up with and sent you a couple days ago about what i wanted to talk about and the first one was galactic presence So the Empire and the First Order, obviously, they have this idea of bringing order to the galaxy, right? You have to have some sort of organization, otherwise chaos ensues and and everybody goes nuts. So galactic presence, and by this I just mean who has... I don't necessarily want to quantify it by, like, you know, more territory, but, like, the presence in the galaxy to your basic person living in that galaxy who do you think has the edge between the first order and the empire so for me personally this one was probably the easiest one um that i'm i think the empire in this uh category has the edge here um just because they're more well established into the normal everyday life of the galaxy on pretty much every core inner rim planet, right? Every planet has a, a governor from the empire and they have a, like a true presence of just being the government on, on almost every, you know, core planet. Um, whereas, you know, the first order, while they were occupying planets and they were, you know, kind of invading and, and taking over, they, as to my knowledge, didn't have like a full widespread branches of government on every established planet. But they might have left like leaders there after they, you know, occupied and took over. But 
the first order that was like, or I'm sorry, but the empire that was, that was everybody's normal. If that makes sense that it had long established from being part of the galactic Republic and just transferring into a different name, the empire, they were able to, you know, just have that presence pretty much everywhere. So I think I'm going to disagree with you a little bit on this, actually. Um, okay. <laughs> I To me, it seemed like the First Order, like... And like I said, I don't want to talk about necessarily, like, a volume of territory, but just, like, that presence in the galaxy. To me, it seemed like the First Order was just everywhere. It was on Kijimi, and people weren't allowed out of their homes. You know, we saw in The Rise of Skywalker people, like trying to get out and the first order is literally just like pushing them back into the houses or the buildings the first order was in far out spots like batu and they were trying to even control places like you know the fueling stations like the colossus like they were just everywhere and if you think about those um I think it was in Resistance, maybe, where we saw, like, the little flashes of red of, like, First Order fleets. Like, it just seemed like they were they were everywhere. And on a basic planet, I mean, even if you think back to, like, the Colossus, even though that's not a planet, it's, it's a fueling station on Castellon. When the First Order was there, like, everyone was afraid to do anything, you know? It was, like, this sense of order where people weren't even t allowed to have a voice like with the empire you have enlisting you have like people wanting to join with the first order mm -hmm. the way that they get their people is by like taking young kids and brainwashing them you know mm -hmm. um and so to me it seemed like the first order was like they had such a massive presence everywhere for a long time i uh, i guess i guess i just yeah i i see it a little differently. I, I just feel like, the, I guess the First Order, I saw a lot of that. Like, yes, they do pop up everywhere. And yes, they do seem to be, you know, they do get to a point where they are overwhelming and they, they seem to be all over the place. But they haven't, like, fully, at least to, to my full understanding of, you know, the little time we've gotten to spend with the First Order these last few years, they weren't, like, established on many planets uh, other than being just occupiers if that if that's correct I, i'm honestly not positive i feel like i still don't know a whole lot about the first order occupation other than you know the few books and uh movies that we've gotten these last few years maybe we just you know know more details about the empire because we've had so much longer to to create more content for them but I mean, yeah. let's be let's be know. fair. If you took an average Star Wars fan and you showed them a picture of a First Order Stormtrooper outfit and showed them a picture of a Galactic Empire Stormtrooper, I don't know that the majority of them would be able to tell the difference. You know, I mean, this is something that is very minuscule. They both have the same idea of this galactic sort of domination you know, ruling worlds and creating order in the galaxy. Both of them have that. They're both led by evil force users. And so, you know, they're very similar in a lot of ways. So I don't necessarily think there's a right or wrong answer to any of these. It's more of yeah. a, a matter of preference or a matter of opinion, I guess. Um, but, yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, if you guys have 
an idea of who you think had a better galactic presence based off of any of the content that we've been given so far, just uh, make sure to let us know. All right. The next kind of subtopic that I wanted to talk about is legacy. So who do you got, Jesse? First Order or Empire? I was kind of thinking about, like, their legacy as, like, their overall, like, devastation is kind of how I was looking at it. Um, Like, how will people think back on, like, how damaging they were to the galaxy is kind of how I was looking at it. If you look at the Empire, like, yes, they were... They were definitely formidable. They definitely, you know, messed up the galaxy, infiltrated the whole thing. But if you think about, like, both sides, we took, Empire took out Alderaan, and they took out, you know, Jeddah and um, Scarif. Those were just cities on planets. They only really fully destroyed one planet. Whereas you look at the First Order, they took out an entire system right? The entire Hosnian system. So to me, I gave this one to the first order, Um, even though, you know, the first order kind of like gets to ride off the empire's legacy a little bit, I think, just because a lot of them became a lot of imperial leftovers, loyalists kind of went into the first order. But I think just based on sheer devastation, I think, I think the First Order will be remembered as probably one of the scariest uh, galactic-wide occupations um, in our known history. I was actually going to go with the Empire on this, but I think you changed my mind just based on what you said. (laughs) I like that we're on different sides for all of them so far, though. (laughs) Yeah. Because to me, it seemed like the Empire, right? They, they, everybody knows, even if you think back to the time of the First Order versus the Resistance, I mean, even Ray, like, oh, I heard about Luke Skywalker before, but I thought he was a myth. And then they talk about, oh, you know, you're Han Solo. This is the Millennium Falcon. Like, their stories, even at the time of Ray's time and Finn's time, about these characters in the time of the rebellion versus the empire and such historic things happened during that time. I mean, we talked about this on our last show when we were talking about order 66, but BBY, you know, the battle of Yavin and ABY was a landmark for keeping track of dates in star Wars. But to your point, you know, with the First Order destroying multiple planets with a single blast with Starkiller Base, that kind of took over. That kind of took Mm -hmm. over the calendar system and the way that you keep track of dates. Um, We talked about on our last episode, it's now BSI and ASI before Starkiller Incident and after Starkiller Incident. So, and as you were talking, I was also thinking like, okay, the First Order... You know, Luke Skywalker wasn't able completely to get rid of the threat to the galaxy. You know, that Mm -hmm. threat, the Emperor continued on. And if you look at some of the things, you know, even General Pride. Like, Pride was, he even said to Palpatine in The Rise of Skywalker, like, I served you in the old wars, I'll serve you now. So he was still around. We see throughout all of these books that we're reading that the Empire still had remnants throughout the galaxy, Mm -hmm. so 
you know, the Empire wasn't destroyed at the end of Episode 6. So, I don't know. I, I see both ways. I originally was going to say the Empire, but you kind of talked me into the First Order with that whole Starkiller destroying multiple planets with one blast argument. It's hard to argue that. <laughs> True that. I do. I, I totally get your side too, though, or your original side, because yeah, without the empire, without the legacy of the empire, the first order would not be. So, it's a tough one. Yeah, and if you think about it too, like even when they're talking about their battle strategies and, and things with the Death Star, they're you know Poe like brings it up. He's like, "This is the Death Star," so they still use that as like a reference to size and and you know to show right. their troops like hey this is this is gonna be a big deal going after this star killer base let's talk about leadership now leadership is going to be a difficult one because obviously palpatine is is kind of pulling the strings on both of them he never never left i feel like um and that's what the greatest strength of palpatine is is kind of pulling the strings from the shadows but in your mind, you have leadership. Where do you give it? I give it to the Empire. Um, I kind of took Palpatine out of it since that kind of puts them on equal footing for me. Since he's, you know, obviously playing the long game for everything we've got going on here in Star Wars. Um, but I gave it to the Empire because we have, you know, it's it's mostly, it's those it's sorry i'm tripping over my words it's those names tarkin um Yularen, those names that we've known since before the empire the the leadership that was the grand army of the public republic that moved into the empire that that like voluntary recruits like we were talking about earlier who people who were loyal because they believed in the empire they joined out of their free will to join these these leaders, I know that's a it's a, that's a little bit of like a stretch, but <laughs> but the, I just feel like when you when you hear those names, when you hear you know Vader, Tarkin, Mularen are my first ones that come to mind. When you put them up against you know Hux and Phasma, even while you know Hux is kind of like a whiny baby man. <laughs> um, and he then goes ahead and for his own personal gains, you know, sabotages this whole thing. So you have to throw him out the window as a leader. And I think that was, his character was meant to be that. I'm not like saying anything against the character of Hux. I think he was meant to be like that, like slimy guy that you just don't like. Um, not a good leader. And then you've got Kylo Ren, where if you, I don't want to make it like a Vader-Kylo thing, but if you think about them as just their leadership, not their strength, not their powers, not their, um, you know, character even, just their leadership ability. Kylo Ren spent most of his time as a First Order, you know, wrestling with his own self, wrestling with his own feelings, wrestling with the death of his father with maybe killing his mother, maybe not killing his mother, maybe going with Ray, maybe not going with Ray. Like he was very selfish and that's, you know, very nature of the Sith. But if you think about Vader, he was very selfish leading up to what got the empire to be the empire. But 
as you know, just a leader of the empire. I don't want to call him selfless because he's Lord <laughs> of the Sith, but he was acting in the interests of the empire at all times. He didn't have like this overall, like, I mean, to me at least, he didn't have like the same back and forth like Kylo had. You know, am I going to kill my leader? Am I not going to kill my leader? Am I going to rise up? Am I not going to rise up? Kylo is kind of wishy-washy, and that makes his character awesome because he had that push and pull. But Vader was like, I am, this is, I am the Empire. I am here to serve. Like, he was more of a, like, an Imperial servant, if, if that makes sense. Yeah. So that made him a better leader to me for the Empire. Yeah, I think I'm going to agree with you on this, um, and I think we we have a lot of similar ideas, but a couple points that I want to bring up is that I feel like, for the most part, the First Order is less serious, and in being less serious, they're more apt to make mistakes. Um, Tarkin is menacing. I mean, that guy, like, doesn't laugh. He doesn't <laughs> smile. He's all business, you know? And he invokes that, like, fear in people. And I think with the First Order, if you try and think of somebody that can, like, parallel that, okay, maybe Kylo's kind of scary, but he's more scary out of, like, force. Like, oh, he's right. just wrecking that, you know, room over there. Let's walk the other way, you know? Phasma might kind of equate to that kind of stoic maybe. scariness. Yeah, maybe Phasma. But I feel like even with, with Hux, with that kind of competition between Hux and Kylo, it was almost like they were trying to gain favor, gain Snoke's favor by like competing with each other. And even if we see, even as we see in The Rise of Skywalker, Hux even says like, I don't really care if the Resistance wins. I just want Kylo Ren to lose. Like it was more right. of like a personal rivalry that Hux had with with Kylo than even loyalty to the first order. You know what I mean? So like with him, it was it's right. more personal. And when you think back to characters in the empire, I mean, even going to, I'm going to bring out Thrawn here because Thrawn is part of the empire and Thrawn's leadership is second to none. I mean, not only is he a master strategist, but he knows how to deal with people, you know, Eli Vanto, he knows how to deal with, Palpatine yep. he knows how to deal with he knows how to talk to Palpatine he knows how to talk to Vader to get what is best for the Empire and to sort of you know balance both sides of the scale between the Empire and the Chiss now we don't know Thrawn's full story we don't know everything that happens to him obviously he has the he wants the Chiss to thrive and he has his people in mind when making decisions but I feel like he does put the Empire up top as far as one of his priorities. And even though we don't get to see him in the movies, the canon books really do show his ability to lead well. Obviously, Snoke was a puppet, you know, and mm -hmm. and and Kylo is unstable. So I'm going to give the benefit to the Empire as well. Agreed. All right, let's go on to the last one that I kind of written down here, and that is the toughest opposition. So the First Order and the Empire obviously have to deal with opposition. So if you think to, and this is kind of what I'm, I'm 
wanting to talk about here as far as like the strength of the empire the strength of the first order if you think back to the avengers and this is a quote by vision um he says our very strength invites challenge challenge incites conflict and conflict breeds catastrophe anytime you have the strength right you have this group this empire this first order full of a lot of troopers they have a lot of power that invites challenge that incites conflict and conflict breeds catastrophe so you have the rebellion the rebel alliance and then you have the resistance who obviously are pushing back at this unlawful uh, what they view as unlawful power controlling the galaxy so which group of people do you think that the the first order had a tougher time with the resistance or do you think the Empire had a tougher time with the Rebels? So, I did go back and forth just a little bit on this one. Um, just because, you know, if you think about the overall opposition in the end that the First Order faced, was galactic-wide, you know, inspired by the Resistance, but it was a galactic-like defense in the end everybody came from all corners of the galaxy to help that final fight so that kind of like gave me a little bit for the of to lean towards the first order um but it's hard to when you know every or i'm sorry to lean towards the resistance um but it's it's hard to it's hard to give it to them just because they had been you know beaten down to almost nothing up until that point and would not, I don't think, would be able to have accomplished what they accomplished without inspiring the entire galaxy to show up in that final moment. Um, I, I honestly think it. I'm going to give it to the Rebellion because um, they just were more established and, you know, they never got to the point where they were, like, almost completely wiped out um, like the Resistance was. Um, they had bases on multiple other planets. A lot of, you know, it, that is what the resistance was kind of hopping from. You know, they were so small that they were actually just hopping from like old resist, old rebel base to old rebel base. Um, so that kind of gives me, pushes me more towards the rebels because they had this wide, you know, presence and many different locations to, in which to work against the empire from, um, that's kind of what I'm thinking right now is rebels. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, if you want to include the, the empire versus the rebels and then the first order versus the resistance, if that is, if that is the opposition, I think you a hundred percent are right. But like you talked about, this was a, a galaxy wide opposition. So if the resistance is just that small group of people that were on crate, sure. That's mm -hmm. not much of a problem. If you include, Everybody that the First Order had to fight at the end of the Rise of Skywalker, obviously that didn't turn out so well for the First Order. You know, <laughs> so it just depends, I think, on what you include as an opposition. The Rebels were 100% more organized, 100% more established, but I think the best thing that the Resistance had going for it was Leia as their leader. Yeah. You know, and with Leia as their leader... Passing that down even to Finn and to Poe and to Rey, I mean, she, as we read through the Rise of Skywalker novel, kind of passed on 
separate things to each of them to continue on with her legacy. And I think that's what makes the Resistance and the First Order more formidable. Or, yeah, the Resistance against the First Order more formidable. Many of the same characters that were in the Rebel Alliance were also fighting against the First Order. Most notably, Luke, Han, Leia, Chewbacca. And then you throw Rey, you throw in Finn, you throw in Poe, you throw in BB-8, you, you know throw in a bunch of those characters, I think with all of them combined, the First Order, now granted, they had the Final Order, you know, as well in there, but I think I think the First Order had the toughest challenge. Oh, okay, so you do, you do, you think the, so the Resistance was with, okay, sorry. I had a lot of coffee. With, <laughs> with okay so all together with everything that happened at the end you're, you're saying that the resistance was the greatest opposition yeah because i include the entire galaxy that stood up against the first order as part of the resistance okay got it yeah i think i, I think i am going to give it to the rebels for sure i know i was kind of bouncing back and forth just because of that that organization and that galaxy spread, you know, leadership and bases that, you know, were pretty well established that they kind of were able to organize and take down, you know, their enemy without needing a last-ditch effort from the entire galaxy. (laughs) Like, they did it on their own. They did it themselves um, without having to beg everyone to join them. Not, not that that's like the wrong thing to do because everybody should stand up when bad things are happening. Um, but I think that's why I'm going to give it to the to the rebels. All right. We would love to know your thoughts on each of these subjects. If you guys have an opinion on leadership, galactic presence, legacy, or toughest opposition we would love to know what you guys think between the first order and the empire now obviously i think people link the empire with the original trilogy and there are a lot of original trilogy fans out there but try and take that just part out of it if you think about it just separately first order empire without your movie preference you know tell us what you think about the difference between these two groups That'll pretty much do it for this episode, Jesse. Oh, by the way, I forgot to say this before. By the time this airs, someone will have had a birthday, right? Oh, yeah, me. <laughs> so happy birthday. <laughs> Thanks. So, yeah, this 30, one... really weird. Yeah. <laughs> happy, I guess it's early as we're recording it, right? But it'll be late by the time it airs, so... Happy in-between birthday, I guess. Thanks. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's exciting. Happy birthday, everyone out there. Make sure to wish Jesse happy birthday on social media. Um, <laughs> but that'll pretty much do it, Jesse, for this show. If people want to find us on social media, where can they do that? You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, all under the handle at Twin Sons Outpost. 
All right, and if you're looking for places to listen to our show, you can find us on our website, which is www.twinsonsoutpost.com. Click on our podcast tab on the left-hand side. You'll find all of our episodes there. You can also find us on the Star Wars Podcast app through the Google Play Store and on iTunes. And if you enjoyed this episode and you think we're pretty wizard, go ahead and give us a good review wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for listening to episode 176. We have a lot of fantastic stuff. If you haven't seen the latest episode of Space Buns, Jesse and Amanda talk about Rose Tico. You can find that on our YouTube channel. We also are going to be discussing Star Wars Shadowfall at the end of this month for the TSO Book Club, which we're very excited about. So a lot of really great stuff coming up. Thanks so much for listening. And as always... May the Force be with you. Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall, Harrison Dula from Star Wars Rebels. You've been listening to Twin Suns Transmission, an exciting show where sand gets everywhere. Thank you for listening to this presentation of the Twin Suns Podcast Network. May the Force be with you, always. Point on how to win. This is our tour, Marco Tony and Steve.